All right, you guys, I know that I have been talking quite a bit lately about my opinion that vouchers are not a good idea for homeschoolers. I've given you guys a lot of reasons why. Today, I have a new friend in the studio here in Vancouver, Washington with me all the way from South Carolina to talk about this. Dick Hawkins is in the studio. He has a passion to teach the rising generation about why worldview matters he is friends with a friend of mine, E. Ray Moore, uh, also from the South. These men in South Carolina, I'll tell you what, they are sure—they uh, are sure stirring the pot. I'm very excited that he's here to talk about this. You guys, you're going to want to get out a pencil and take some notes. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. I'm going to jump right into this because it's not often that I have a Southern gentleman in my studio, and it's really not often that someone is willing to come on and talk about such uh, an important topic, the topic of school vouchers, uh, education savings accounts. You guys know what my opinion is on this. I believe that with shekels come shackles, and this is the opinion of my guest today, Dick Hawkins. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Heidi. It's a real, real pleasure to be here with you. and. And go through this interview. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate you being here. I know that you have a lot to say about this, but before I jump into the topic, I'd love it if you would just introduce yourself a little bit. I was looking at your biography before we started, and I asked you if you'd had your Napoleon moment yet, because you've done (laughs) so many things. Born in 1949, raised in uh, the Santa Monica area of California. You've got a a Bachelor of Science in Education. you got your Master's in Business Administration. You've been in the Air Force. You've been a part of the National Guard. And uh, now you're the assistant to the chairman of the Christian Education Initiative. And that's a lot. You have a passion for what's happening in the culture right now. I do. Uh, For my uh, first 50 years in life, I was on the pagan side. And uh, it wasn't until after I graduated out of the Air Force and I started uh, uh, taking a look at what was going on in the culture. There were a few books that opened my mind, seeing what was going on, explained kind of what was going on. One was Robert Bork's Marching uh, Towards Gomorrah, or Slouching Towards Gomorrah. And the other was Michael Behe's Darwin's Black Box. They opened my eyes. I realized that through the public education system I went through, I was lied to. Mm. more than just evolution. And that opened my eyes to realize that God is real. So I started exploring who God was. And uh, Dr. Dave Noble of Summit Ministries, I heard an interview he had done, got his book, Understanding the Times, and Comparative Worldviews became my passion. And I realized that biblical truth is real. The Bible is real and is truthful. Wow. And truly, education is the front line of the culture war. It absolutely is. And education, you're absolutely right. It is uh, so devastating. It affects worldviews so quickly. We know that uh, youth around age 13 or 14 have established their worldview at that time. And it's primarily in the school system that they're impacted if they're sent through the public school system. They're taught that their parents are have been miseducated. They they're very they're very careful. I noticed not to directly slam the parents, 
They'll just tell, like, listen, it's not your parents' fault. They they were uneducated uh, back in the day when your parent when dinosaurs roamed the earth and your parents had you. They didn't know that that uh, chromosomes were malleable. They didn't know all of these woke new ideas, and so they're careful not to directly uh, implicate the parents. But instead, they create this sense of superiority within the child, right? That the child knows more than the parent. That is correct. One of the primary tools used in education is psychology. And it's that psychology that is carefully molds the student to not uh, uh, hate their parent, but to understand their parents were miseducated and these new students are now getting the truth yeah. because it's based on science. Yeah, it's very sciencey. All the things that are happening right now, right, with COVID and yes. everything else. Oh, the science of it all. Follow the science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty amazing. And yet they'll de- they'll deny the humanity of an unborn baby in his mother's womb. Yeah, and, uh, unfortunately. And yeah, then where goes where's the science there? They only they only like to use the word science when they think it suits them. I've noticed. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into this because uh, you and I have a mutual friend in E Ray yes. Moore, and oh, I know that this is a passion of his as it is of mine. There's a very insidious thing coming from our government. I think a new way, a new angle to try to get uh, parents who have really broken free of the shackles of the public school system back into the slavery that goes with uh, taking the money from the public school, from the government school system. And that sneaky way is through vouchers. It's through school choices, through the follow the backpack bills. It's education savings accounts, these ESAs that we keep hearing about. And I have received letter after letter after letter from homeschooling parents who are like, Heidi, calm down, right? Uh, we already give our money through our property taxes and lots of other ways to, to the public school system. What's wrong with us taking some of that money that would have gone to the public schools and we're also educating our children, so why can't we have a piece of the pie? Well, my main argument to these parents is you're basically asking the government for child support. And if you think for one second that the government's not going to come back and go, listen, I pay you, you know, 50 bucks a month in child support. Now I want A, B, and C. I want this in return. I think that we don't understand what they're actually after because they don't care about homeschooling families. That much is clear. And so this has to be about money. What have you seen? happening, uh, I think, because it's it's picking up at a really relatively fast clip now. Uh, what have you seen happening in the last few years with regard to vouchers as they relate to first to uh, private schools and public schools, but then to homeschoolers? Well, um, one of the things we hadn't touched on is where I came from a, over a year ago when I moved to South Carolina and I moved out of Arizona into South Carolina. I was in Arizona for 23 years. Oh, wow. So I had experienced firsthand their tax credit program where contributors contribute directly to a private organization that distributes to the different schools. So the government doesn't touch the money. And that seemed to be a very viable program. The only requirements that were required is that the schools, uh, hold classes for at least 180 days. There were no other requirements placed on the schools. So I went into, uh, into uh, Christian schools and, and what have you mm-hmm. without any restrictions, without any curricular requirements. That was a, a very good program, and it was not 
government money. And how did you pay into it? How did people pay into it? Uh, people would uh, contribute to one of those uh, private tax organizations. Were they compelled to contribute? No, it was strictly a volunteer okay, effort. Okay, that's the difference. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the benefit of it uh, for those that were paying state income taxes, you got a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. So you give a dollar into the tuition organization, and you got a dollar knocked off of the state income tax that you would owe. So there's a good benefit in yeah. that, as well as as putting money towards a Christian education. Then Arizona uh, went into the ESA, and they expanded it, as most everybody knows, in 2022 to include any student that wanted to get out of the public school and into a private school so that every student in uh, Arizona is eligible for that money. Now, that is government money. That's a voucher system. And with that, there are strings attached, and there's controls. And that's what we hold against the voucher system, is those restrictions where in a volunteer system, Every parent has school choice already. It's just sometimes they choose without having any additional money coming in towards their way to school. But without that additional money, they have the freedom to educate their child as they believe their child should be educated. When you take the government money, the government will be tying strings. And it may be a conservative government program at the beginning. But eventually, more and more strings are going to be tied to it. And by then, it, uh, the parents are used to having that, quote, free money. Yep. And it will be much harder to get out of that system, get out of those controls. It may be like the frog in a frying pan, and the controls just come in gradually. And the parents just kind of accept each one. Uh, increment at a time to where they don't realize how enslaving that system becomes. On top of that, the United Nations has a plan. They're calling for a voucher system. They're calling for government well, there's to a shocker. finance private schools with the thought that then the governments will start to put the shackles onto the system and force that private schooling to become public schools. It's so scary. And I, I, don't, I wonder, I've, I've actually, this is the first time I've ever heard about the United Nations, you know, sticking their nose into it, but it doesn't surprise me. It's so alluring to a family. I mean, my, I actually totally get it because I've raised seven children largely on a single income. It is very difficult in the culture right now, particularly with the way inflation, you know, prices are remaining stubbornly high. You know, my, my husband and I went on a date the other night and we, all we got was two appetizers with 35 bucks, you know? Right. And I think people are frustrated and rightfully so. And so it seems like it's the, the perfect time for the government to come in and sort of be the savior and say, listen, we're going to give you some relief. We're still going to let you homeschool your kids. But, you know, we're from the government, right? That's what Ronald Reagan said. That's the what the seven worst words that you can ever hear. Yeah. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Exactly. Uh, 
tell listeners a little bit about why they shouldn't uh, listen to the siren song of the allure, really, and the temptation of what is touted as free money from the government. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, uh, back in 1949, Tax Freedom Day was January 29th. Now they talk about Tax Freedom Day being somewhere in the month of May, and that is not including the increasing debt. If you throw in the debt, then you're probably somewhere around August would be the time that you would be working and all your income would be in taxes. And then from August on would be, quote, your own money. Now, you had mentioned that uh, you and Jay went out on a date. Yep. $35. Two appetizers. With two appetizers. Yep. That is due to what the government has done with money through inflation, through the expansive programs they have been funding. So they have been robbing, the government programs have been robbing us without us really realizing it. And that's because government has grown well beyond what it used to be back in 1949. Now with this voucher program, What's happening is the government is growing by bringing in the homeschool families and those families sending their kids to the private schools. They're bringing them in under the umbrella with vouchers, which causes the government to grow in power. More growth, more expenditure, and more robbery out of the taxpayers' pockets. That's one of the big reasons to stay out of vouchers. Another is it violates God's design for social order. Our civil government was never designed by God to fund education. That's strictly a requirement that God has authorized to the parents as the primary educators and the church as the secondary service. And that's it. Only the parents and the church have that responsibility. So if we're going to be God-fearing Christians with the biblical worldview, we're going to stay out of the clutches of the state, no matter what. How do you see this playing out in the weeks and the months to come as this sort of ramps up and we start to see more and more? I'm starting to see posters now for school choice. Uh, I saw a whole article written for school choice for homeschoolers. What's the best way for, uh, for us to make the argument that it's not worth the money? Because I think there's going to be people that are just going to say, like I told you before, they're going to go, okay, so the government's growing. They're going to do it anyway. So the government's taking money from me. Well, they're, they're doing it anyway. So like this woman who wrote into me from Oregon last week, and she said, they're going to pass very likely this school choice bill in Oregon. And if it passes, that money's coming out of my paycheck no matter what. And so why not just take the money? Why not just go get the voucher? What do you, what do you say to that, to that 
parent at that point. And the other question was, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a a double at you. The other question that came at me almost at the same time was, uh, what's the worst they can do? Someone actually wrote in and said, what's the worst they can do? And I wanted to say, look at the public school system. (laughs) That's kind of the worst they can do. But to me, and I'd be interested to hear your opinion, to me, the worst that they can do is start coming into our homes and telling us what we can and cannot teach our children, because after all, they're paying for it. Well, that's eventually what is going to be happening with the voucher program. One way or another, uh, the shackles are going to be coming in with the shekels. And the government has a requirement. The politicians have a requirement for accountability to the taxpayers. So they will have a more and more requirements to prove that the money is going to worthwhile causes. If a state becomes uh, more collectivist-minded, more progressive-minded, the encroachment is going to uh, just snowball because it's a program that uh, is contrary to uh, teachers' unions, to the, um, the whole education system. It's just contrary to that monster of education that is existing right now. It's against the teachers' colleges, the unions, textbooks, uh, publishers, uh, testing companies, uh, the data mining companies that are out there. They're all going to want their Their hand in the the pie. pie. And uh, more and more restrictions are going to be coming in. If the voucher program is going to be uh, providing monies for homeschooling or schooling at home is what they would call it, uh, then that'll open the door for Child Protective Services and other services to enter into the home to make sure it's the proper environment for that, uh, the tax money where it's going. Yeah. Uh, I think so fascinating, too. The, The schools believe and have said in many in many cases that the moment a parent drops their child off at the school the child then becomes the basically a ward of the state for however long it is that they're there and it seems to me that it would follow that if they believe that about when you take your child to the public school and you drop them off for a 6 hour day or an 8 hour day or whatever it is that the moment we start taking money from the government now our homes become places where the government says hey, that child that you're teaching with our money is now a ward of the state. That's correct. It, it's an item that I call agency, where an agent is representing a uh, benefactor. So like a real estate agent is representing the seller of a home. Well, there's three forms of agency in education. And the parent is, de- is designed to be the agent for God to raise a godly child. That's from a Christian perspective. Now, if the parent sends their child to a Christian school, the agent, the teacher of the Christian school, is the agent of the school master, not the parent and not to God. And the same thing with the public school. The teacher is the agent of the state, teaching what the state mandates. Now, once a parent starts taking voucher money, government money, they become the agent for the state. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's eye-opening. You don't, you don't think about it that way. You know, as you're talking, I'm writing this down. I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't often think about because I was a product of a Christian school. I went to a Christian school, kindergarten through 12th grade. My husband attended a public school. And we came to the, to the conclusion together that neither one of those were good options for our children. We wanted them to be homeschooled. Now, this isn't me slamming. There, I know that there are good Christian schools, but I always tell parents, pay attention to who is in these Christian schools. Because just because it has the name Christian slapped across the front uh, signage of this building does not make it a Christian education. And so... That's a concern of mine. Exactly. Um, There's a couple items I could discuss on that. One is the PEERS test, which comes out of Nehemiah Institute. PEERS is P-E-E-R-S, stands for Politics, Education, Economics, Religion, and Social Issues. It's a worldview inventory, and it it tests anywhere from a biblical theist through a nominal Christian, uh, a humanist, to socialism. And the traditional Christian schools are not faring much better than the public schools. The Christian schools are averaging in the humanist category where the public schools have just uh, um, dipped into the socialist category. That's because many of the traditional Christian schools are using the same textbooks, and they require credentialed teachers. The problem with credentialed teachers is they have been taught into the Marxist method of teaching. So regardless of the curriculum being taught, their methodology is geared to teach and produce socialists. There's only one type of school that uh, we've come across through the Christian Education Initiative, and that is a biblical worldview school where the teachers are deprogrammed from the credentialing process into a biblical principled approach method of instruction using biblical curriculum. And there, the average score of the student is in the biblical theist category. They're scoring very high. They're the highest scoring uh, Christian student that uh, is being educated now in the system. Really what you're saying to parents is that there is no easy button for this. That if, if you want to educate your children to love and follow Jesus, and you don't want to do the job yourself, you don't want to take on the responsibility of homeschooling, then the next best option is a Christian school. And if you want your child in a Christian school, you need to do your homework and make sure that those teachers are teaching your child from a biblical worldview, right? That is correct. Uh, We at uh, Christian Education Initiative, if you get on the website, which is christedu.org, and uh, send in a question, we'll help answer that and uh, kind of direct you toward the right course or what to look for. 
there was something else regarding the Christian schools is that there was a, uh, a PhD candidate that did a dissertation on the worldview of these Christian teachers in Christian schools. He tested 141 teachers out of three Christian schools. 43% of those teachers were in the humanist socialist category. 56% were in the nominal Christian category. One out of 141 teachers tested out with the biblical theist worldview. That's less than 1%. So the parents need to be very much aware if they're going to send their child out to a school, what that school consists of and what, and what they're producing. That Pierce test is just phenomenal, what it shows. Well, it's opening people's eyes to the, to the fact that our children really are under attack in every way. Oh, that's right. It's, it's in the church. It's outside the church. And we have to be very much aware. I would highly recommend also that every parent themselves takes the peers test to see where they are in their worldview. And they find that at the Nehemiah Institute. That is at nehemiah.com. NehemiahInstitute.com. All right. Wow. So I one more question. We've only got about a minute and a half left uh, today. But parents, I know a lot of them. I mean, I throw information at parents and listeners just in general five days a week here at the show. And you cannot get up on any given day and look at the headlines and be encouraged. It's very, this is a very frustrating uh, time in which to raise children. You recognize that you can't go to the grocery store without your child being assaulted by some sort of a, of a of an image that's either inappropriate or just completely upside down and crazy. My husband and I were in Walmart the other day and I needed a pencil sharpener for an eyeliner. So I'm in the cosmetics section and I'm looking for this little pencil sharpener. And my husband points out, look at the poster that's right above uh, the lipstick aisle where we were. And it was, you know, your classic makeup, uh, you know, billboard, but it was, you know, women kind of with the pouty lips and the, the stu- I mean, that's stupid by itself, right? Mm-hmm. But the very last picture of a pouty lip was of a man. So here's a guy with lipstick on and a beard and a mustache and the whole thing. And they're normalizing. Yes. They're normalizing this in every sphere. And so I think it's overwhelming for parents. They feel frustrated. A lot of times you just want to hold, throw your hands up in the air and go, you know what? There's n- nothing I can do. But there is something they can do. You can pull your children out of these schools and, re- and refuse to become a part of the project, which is the government education system. What else uh, can parents do? How can, how can citizens fight back against this and start to take some ground back from the enemy? A couple things is small groups of like-minded Christian individuals that share common values. I had to do that in the one church that my wife and I are attending. We started a parachurch ministry out of that church so that we can dive into the biblical worldview because the church is, doesn't go into it. It doesn't truly disciple. So we have a large home group of over 20 people bringing their teens in. I love it. And we are working on discipleship into a biblical worldview. 
That is one. And we're, so we're supporting each other. And the other is you have Jesus Christ. And you have to trust Jesus and bring your child up to be a godly child. And you've, you've won the war. Yeah. You, you beat the enemy. Yeah, it's true. And parents can do it. You know, I always tell moms and dads today, listen, you were born at just the right time in history. God's not up, you know, in heaven scratching his head going, boy, I sure picked the wrong girl for this, for this, for this child. I sure picked the wrong girl for this generation or the wrong young man or whatever it is. God knew exactly what he was doing when he put us here. This is an amazing time to be a Christian. It's an amazing time to be alive. We're watching pieces uh, of, a, of a cosmic puzzle shift into place right now. And it's, pretty, it's a pretty remarkable thing. Uh, and I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing. I've got several things here that you, that you guys have been part of. A booklet on vouchers with Shekels Come Shackles. I'll link back to that in the show notes today. And you've written on all kinds of things. My goodness, the state of the American church. I bet that's depressing. <laughs> and uh, a book on political correctness. And we're going to come back for another episode and talk about political correctness, which is really just an outgrowth of cultural Marxism, which is absolutely in our schools. And I can't wait for that conversation. Uh, Dick Hawkins, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Heidi. For more information on my guest today, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And I will link back to uh, these articles and these booklets that I've been telling you about and some of the work that uh, Dick Hawkins has been involved in. You guys, the best way that you can get involved is first, you got to understand what's going on. You got to understand where these attacks are coming from. You need to understand what's in our schools and why it's in our schools and how it got there. And once your eyes are open to what's happening, I'm telling you what, you can never unsee the things you'll see. And so we want to arm you with information and arm you with truth so that you can engage the culture from a position of victory. I appreciate you guys listening today. Have a great afternoon. Love your people well, and I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.